Welcome back, you guys. Thanks for sharing a little bit of your valuable time with us today. I appreciate it very much. This is Richard Sachs on Lost Arts Radio, and we're in conversations with Gabriel, Dr. Gabriel Cousins. We got a little foretaste of what he has to talk about today, and it's enough to fill 10 hours of intense conversation. So let's get started. Welcome, Dr. Gabriel, and thanks for being here. Well, Richard, thank you. And it's always a joy to be speaking to people on this program. Yeah. Because I know it's a really uh, well-educated audience, and I, I love being able to talk more freely to people um, because we can hear it. So I honor you, all my brothers and sisters out there, for really being educated and with the right understanding with your education to really uh, listen and take advantage and hopefully we'll share it with other people. So thank you. So that being said, we like to start out with, uh, before we get too serious, we start out with a little bit of dance, the up the spiritual joy, and then a little bit of meditation. Not too much meditation, just a few minutes. And one of the things that helps with meditation, if people are new to meditation, is to use a mantra, which is a repeated set of letters or sounds that help you focus and often have meaning. So the mantra that I offer and use is the name Moses got at the burning bush. And it's Yod and then breath, hey and then out breath, why and then breath, hey and then out breath. And Yod from the base up to the heart, hey out to the heart, why from the base up to the third eye, and hey out to the heart again. And you can just picture that or picture it and repeat it with your breath, and then as you go in the meditation, your mind is quiet, you let go of it. So it's just to bridge you in the meditation by focusing your mind. The second part of this meditation, which we call Hanya or Shaktipat meditation, <clears throat> is that there is a... I've been empowered by my spiritual teachers, um, teacher to have the... the Cosmic energy coming through, usually it's by look, by touch, and by sound, and by breath. Well, two things work over the internet, and they actually really do work. One is the energy coming through the eyes, and the other one is by sound. So the yoda I do, the yoda is the first letter out of the nothing, is the two of the four. So... Listen to the yod and resonate with it. So we dance, we sit, and just coming through the eyes, help awaken. And then as we're ready to go into meditation, we just go right in with the, with the yod. Okay, so we'll start with a little bit of dance. It's a little cooler here where I am. So I'm wearing something a little heavier. But dance is a good warm-up. Okay, you're ready.
Okay. Okay. To just focus on the energy coming through my eyes, and we just repeat the mantra and we go into meditation. Slowly come out of meditation. And we're going to give a updated 
climate change report. And as I said before, for the last 650,000 years, the climate is building cycles of warming and cooling with a variety of uh, causes, uh, but mostly it's it's related to the sunspots. More sunspots, more warming, less sunspots, less warming. And that's a track record of a lot of times, 650,000 years. Okay? But I, I just want to bring a little humor into it and, and say how real it is at the same time. So, there was a medieval warm period, okay, from 850 to 1250. That was about 400 years. So, in general, it was warmer. It's not like that much warmer, but, uh, and there was, uh, and then in the 13th century, it began to get colder. Um, and, uh, about five centuries of mountain glaciers. Now remember, we're talking up and down, but you're talking overall getting cooler. I want to point out something that's, I think, really important uh, in the cycles is that we try to say global cooling or warming is related to the glaciers. But there was a glacier retreat in Alaska in a place called Glacier Bay, more or less, southeast Alaska. And it began in the 18th century. And it was 150 years before there was an increase in carbon dioxide. So that kind of gives you a hint that carbon dioxide is not exactly related to glacier melting, increased carbon dioxide. So um, there's a statement by Galileo, okay, in the question of science, the authority of a thousand is not worth the humble reasoning of a single individual. I think that's what we're looking at here. So basically we're looking at uh, glaciers melting in Alaska over a period of 150 years in the 18th century, and it was 150 years before there was an increase in carbon dioxide. We need to say global warming. Um, and, and there's actually a map here of all these places where the, the glaciers are melting. And it's kind of hard to see, but it gives you a little bit of a map. And every little place where there's a little black mark is, is where they're melting. So glaciers melt has nothing to do with carbon dioxide. Okay. But now let's get to the real science, okay? And, 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 and again, they're talking about this is uh, 500 years of, of glaciers, okay, growing, and periods of rainy or, or cool weather. Now, the cooling, according to the scientists of those times, was because witches were creating incantations to create global cooling. So they began with the scientific approach to hunt and kill witches in the 1430s. Um, because, and even the Pope, one of the greater scientists of those times, had an edict against the witches because they were causing global cooling. Uh, and then there was a little bit of global warming as part of cycles go, but then there's more cooling. And in the 1560s, there was more coldness and an increase in the obvious cause of global cooling, which is witches cursing. Okay? And the weather changing witches were were blamed, and many were crucified, uh, being burned at the stake, and so forth. And basically, between the 15th and 17th century, literally thousands of, of witches were burned. Approximately, they were burning about 500 a year um, in the mid 1600s. 
Um, and as there, we moved into a warming trend at the close of the 17th century, then they stopped the witch burnings. So obviously this is a scientific approach equal to what we're seeing in today's world. And when I mean equal, I actually mean equal because what people are being told isn't exactly relating to the bigger picture of things, of the causes. And we have seen documents, and Richard has too, of scientists saying they've altered the temperature, making it look like it's warming when it's really cooling. But somehow from 1998 on, there's a very, very slight trend of global cooling, maybe by 2010, one degree centigrade cooler. And it's very hard to get the data, okay? So we're looking at high-level science uh, equal to the least thinking witches are causing it. It's about equivalent of saying it's man-made because the man-made is 0.003% of uh, what we'll call global warming. 0.003%. Mostly, it's, again, it's about uh, more solar rays. So what they call witches or um, too much carbon dioxide, which really has almost nothing to do with it at this point, usually unrelated to global warming, usually following or being, you know, 50 to 100 years disconnected from it, arise in, in that, in, in carbon dioxide. So, well, witches or carbon dioxide, it doesn't seem to have any impact. We're still, it's just still that magical thinking. And if you get enough of the population to believe it, they'll burn root. They'll burn the witches, or attack people who are bringing out science that uh, disputes their kind of make believe. There's always carbon dioxide. So that's that's a little bit of an overview. Now we turn to another uh, what many people call kind of a a, a global. Uh, psychosis, as many leading doctors have uh, mentioned there. And in that, of course, is the vaccinations. Uh, official government report proved COVID vaccination is causing depopulation at a frightening rate. There we go. That's a government report. Okay? And this is in England. So they seem to be relating it very much related to the result of vaccinations. Uh, and the official statistics published in 28 countries. So there, there are really excess deaths going on. And then basically what I'm going to tell you is the research is showing we have 40% more excess deaths than before this began. Now, for uh, kids 12 to 15, um, it's no coincidence that their uh, increase in deaths started when they began the injections. Okay, when it became necessary to give kids who are not affected by this in any way or are minimally affected by COVID, very low mortality. That was statistics that was out there for a while, which is again, okay? And also, when they increased, uh, they gave started giving the injections, the bioweapon injections, to kids 5 to 11. They had this increase in mortality rate. And then in every age group, the unvaccinated had the least lowest mortality rate. So these are just kind of things to uh, to understand. Again, that's why I consider close to, you know, blaming the witches, okay? Um, the mortality rates for 
kids 10 to 14, okay, who are unvaccinated is 0. 0.3, 0.31 really, okay, per 100,000. That's pretty low. Um, but if you have one dose, your mortality rate of the bioweapon, your mortality rate goes up to, as a teen, as a kid 10 to 14 to 3.24 per 100,000. And basically, if you have three doses, your mortality rate increases to 41.29 per 100,000. So if you don't get vaccinated at all, you're point three. If you do get three vaccinations, you're basically 41, you're basically 40 times more, 45 times more likely to die if you get all three vaccinations. So the data is extremely clear that those the children get vaccinated, you are putting their lives at high risk. And basically, it's, it's almost 40 times, 45 times more likely that they will uh, uh, die from it. Um, and the triple vaccinated teenagers uh, were somehow between 136 and 235 times more likely to die. That's the triple vaccinated ones. So just looking at a trend that is kind of international, not one of the better news. Now, of course, births in Australia, the birth rates are going down. You see over here a big drop. What's the big drop? Last year from November to December, really, of, of this year, 63% drop, okay, in birth rates in Australia versus a 21% the year before. So clearly we're seeing some serious, serious damage from this. Now, a little bit more of the overview, which isn't discussed as much, is radiation the bioweapon injections have radiation. There's no question about it. They talk about it openly. One is the cesium-137, but there's a lot of them. In my paper with uh, Nani uh, Crystal, which you can find on my website, uh, treeoflife.mn.co. This is a 20-page paper documenting this with lots and lots and lots of footnotes, Okay. But basically, this is ionizing radiation, which is more lethal radiation, and it gets into the cells, and it disrupts the, we got two, what we'll call covalent bonds, which kind of keep the DNA in order, okay? And when this is disrupted, the covalent bonds, the VMAT2 gene, which is the covalent gene, is also disrupted. Um, the non-ionizing radiation doesn't do that. So we do know that that is, in fact, in that that's a little bit why people glow after getting the radiation. Um, now, uh, without getting too much into it, which is really hard to do without talking about it, um, we have the limit limited nanoparticles, which are carriers of this nano, uh, what I guess we can best call some biosynthetic parasite that really has an operating table. So it basically sets up a, a grid, and then we have the graphene oxide grid, and this grid then can be affected by outer telecommunications, and in particular it can be activated by 5G. 5G is not friendly, is not usually friendly. Um, so um, I'm just going to mention with the, the triple vax, this is with adults, one in 310 people die within seven weeks after they got their third vaccination. Uh, and meanwhile, the unvaxxed have almost no mortality. Um, 
This is another government data. COVID jab kids, again, kids, have a 4,422% increased likely to die than the unvaccinated. And basically, it's the same data, but about 45 times more likely to die. So your parents being concerned, look at the gravestones. This is not where we want our kids to be. Okay, for something that the kids generally just, you know, aren't so heavily affected. Does that mean no one dies? No, but the percentages are less. Now, let's play it a little further. COVID tests and vaccines are delivering a hybrid biotechnical weapon, which is activated by 5G, as I just mentioned, fiber optics and light. And remember, um, Tests. So actually, those nasal swabs um, actually are loaded also uh, with the COVID or basically what's in the vaccine. And that technological weapon, which we call the uh, biosynthetic uh, nanoparticle, or how we want to talk about it, uh, basically can be activated by these external things, 5G being the most important. And there are problems with 5G. There are big problems. And about two years ago, I did a whole report on that. Again, you can go to my website, uh, treeoflife.mn.co, because there's many things. It drops the melatonin. It damages the DNA seriously. It uh, increases or damages thyroid brain increases cancer, and damages heart, adrenals, and testes, and ovaries. So a lot of damage with it. Decreased brain function, which I believe is part of how they get away with all this. Increased skin cancer. And that that gives you an overview. Uh, the, the, the 5G really is a uh, death weapon. Without a question, because we've seen it used in China where people die. Now, how did a specific person die? I won't go into it, but there are really a biophysics about that, okay? So what do we know about 5G when you combine it with radiation? The 5G changes the DNA. The radiation helps them observe the change, plus it also changes the DNA. Um, they need the radiation to observe the negative effects they're having, and to observe that the change is stabilized, which you, which you don't. See, the, the body has its own ability to change it back, uh, but the spike proteins tend to make it more permanent. Things like aluminum can reverse that because the spike proteins block the P53 gene. What is that? Well, that's the gene that's in charge of repair of the DNA, Okay. Um, so the question is they need to stabilize it and that's partly why they're doing the radiation but the 5G is a different thing the 5G I'm just throwing out terms but I want you to just get the concept 5G at 18 gigahertz creates a, a, is lethal but it creates electroporation what's that it opens up the cells involuntarily, and all these toxic materials can go into the cell. It overwhelms the cell's defensive, and it, the cell wall can't work right. And it opens, and everything can come in. So uh, you can think of about it as cellular rape. That that would be about the closest and most accurate. And basically, at 18 gigahertz. It, Certain like three of those bursts in one minute uh, at one minute each is lethal. So we've got some real things that we're looking at. You know, from witches changing the weather to industry changing the weather. When we have this, the amount that humans affect is so small. Uh, again, it's point oh oh three percent. Where you have big factors like the sun and 
how close the Earth is to the sun because it's an elliptical uh, cycle. So I dug this out, um, and for some of you it may be a, a review, but I'm putting it all together because I, I think it fits good with the the diagnosis of global cause of global cooling, meaning which is uh, the incantations is what people thought the 15th, 16th, 17th century. And so that's the state of the science. What do we do about it? See, the real thing is, are they really that dumb? I don't think so. I think we're looking at something much bigger, and it's called a plan for global depopulation. It's not, oh, we just don't know what we're doing about the vaccine, and we're just going to ignore it. No. We're looking at real data that shows it has a tremendously powerful negative effect, and it's called depopulation. So we kind of take the bigger view for a moment and say, okay, there is a global genocide going on, and we can kind of ignore it and worry about the weather or worry about, you know, whether it's this factor in the, the, the bioweapon. But the big picture which is, I think, what we need to to focus on is the effort to create a slow, maybe not so slow, global genocide. And really the big question is, what are we going to do about it? Because if we don't do anything about it, and I'm not saying I know what to do, this is is happening. Now, I don't believe they were as successful with this first round of, you know, uh, biological uh, attack on humanity. Uh, But their goal, as they stated in their papers, in their position papers, the globalists and the Illuminati, those above them, 90% depopulation. So, you know, their position is useless eaters. Let's get rid of them so we can live abundantly which they can't anyway, you know. I mean, look at the globalists. And, uh, they have a lot of wealth, I'll put it that way, okay? And I look at it a different way. Every person is has a God-given soul, and that alone validates your existence here on the planet, and everyone is put here for one purpose only, and it's not to make money or be famous, or be powerful. It's to wake up spiritually. That is the main purpose from my from a spiritual point of view. So all these souls that are incarnating are here to further their spiritual development, not to have their lives compromised and interfered with, you know, 5G and biological weapons and on and on, because that compromises their spiritual evolution. It's a satanic effort to block it. I mean, if we see the forces of light, let's help everybody wake up spiritually, okay? And then we have the forces of Satan saying, no, let's not let that happen. We're, we're not going to go beyond, uh, you know, uh, we're not going to let you kind of wake up and evolve spiritually because I'm in a war with God. If we step back for a second and say, well, what what are we seeing? We're seeing really some, a dynamic of satanic technology and people running currently running the show to a certain extent trying to destroy God's plan to uh, bring as many people onto the planet and wake up as many people because we have thousands of incarnations over time and we're all kind of incarnating at this time. So that's the bigger view, that God's plan it will prevail, but we're, we're taking a big hit. You know, the way we stop it, and it's not because I have a game plan, you know, in detail is we pray, we meditate, we focus on God, 
We pray for God's help, and we do as many things we can to uplift humanity. And the rest is up to God in the in the process. So that is what we can do, and that is also in that process uplifting ourselves. So that is the kind of the, the bigger picture from my point of view of what this is about, what the genocide is, the satanic attack on humanity to undermine the evolution of humanity so they can enslave people. But that's, they don't need slaves. I mean, come on, you got computers. This is demonic. This has nothing to do with we're going to exploit people. Yeah, people will be exploited. People will be slaves. And the rest be, the game is to kill off the rest. But, they don't need that. They, they're playing for Satan. And Satan wants to destroy humanity. That's the big picture. And I think that's what we have to become aware of, that this is a, a more explicit spiritual struggle. And it's a struggle of life and death. So I'm going to invite Richard to come in. Dr. Richard. And uh, we'll uh, kind of to join us and I actually like to hear your comments on it yeah I think Dr. Gabriel you've been talking about the most important question for humans and all life on earth which I think is targeted in addition to humanity you know yeah. I, I think at the top level you can see that. Yeah, no, let me interrupt for a second sure. when you say all life I want to emphasize 5G kill, takes, uh, kills all life, not just humans. Yeah, yeah, even bacterial. Right. Yeah, you're right. No, there, it's, I've been looking at this for a long time, you know, not just as current time, but um, I've come to the same conclusion, basically. This is strictly satanic, and at this point in the game, which has been going on for many thousands of years, at least. Um, I think we're at a really critical turning point where what we decide to do makes a big difference. And yeah. I know a lot of people w who agree with you on this spiritual theme of why we're here are saying there's nothing we can do and God has to come and save us. You know, whether it's in the form of Jesus or other religions are seeing it in different ways. God has to save us because we're helpless. And God, being separate from us, has to come in and fix everything. And what I've noticed is, well, people have been uh, predicting that that end time is coming for thousands of years that any day. And it may be. And if that happens, great. You know, I'll, I'll accept being rescued. But for the moment, today... Since it's not happening right this minute, it looks to me like, you know, God is offering the power to work through us. And right. And yes, yes, yes. Right. And what we do is really critical. And it's like God is working through everything that happens because it's, it's, it's not, in, God's not invented by religion. It was here all the time. And it's the ultimate reality. And if we use our free choice, our primary choice is, are we going to act from our own ego to show how great we are individually, which is not true on that level? Or are we going to get out of the way and say, let the higher power work through us for harmony and unconditional love and life and light? And if we do that consciously and have that intention, we don't have the limits on what can be done that the ego does. And I see, you know, that we need to work on all levels at once because you can see, for example, in Brazil right now, uh, millions and millions of people are in the street saying, we know about the fake elections. We know about communism infiltrating all the Western countries as one step in bringing down the world. You know, they're not planning to leave the communist countries standing. It's just that for the moment... Those are useful in bringing everybody into total control. But in Brazil, they're doing this physical demonstration and they're trying to get the military to help them. I think those are important, but the outcome 
of the physical actions that are so necessary is determined by an unseen component. And from what I've been able to see, that's consciousness. So whatever we can do to bring that consciousness, that means who we are and where our attention is focused in line with where we came from. The reality of God, not a memorized belief, but experiential reality and bring that into as a bridge down into 3D experience, then an impossible situation becomes possible and, and better than possible. So we're supposed to be a bridge, a conscious bridge, between where we came from and this place that's projected from it. If we do that, I think it can work in a short time. It, it can. I think I, I talk about a, two wings. We have grace and we have hard work. Right. So, but the general teaching is the hard work creates a field to draw the grace. Right. So the, the need is to step back and say, God will take care of it. That's really not the spiritual teaching. Right. And as you said, God works through us. The job is to let God work through us, and then the grace will be drawn. And, and that's a very important distinction. Right. And God's not waiting to show up. God is here now. And right. in fact, is the only reality that, that is here. The rest is projection. And we can allow that in to become conscious and not not to tell other people to reform, but do it ourselves and affect them by who we are. Yeah, and that's just, really the key. Now, I'm going to just briefly review what I call the six foundations of sevenfold peace. Right. Why? Because it's a natural living it's a natural way of living that helps us wake up to the experience of the divine in our whole life. The divine is always there, just what Richard said. But the experience of it is the part that we need to open up to. So first, I, I talk about uh, the conscious eating, 100% life food diet, so we're not taking death into our system, close to 80% life if we can do that. Um, then the second is, like you saw, spiritual dance, building the prana, building the life force, so you have lots of life energy. Third is service and charity, serving each other. Okay? Fourth is, if you're, uh, if you're ready, working with a spiritual teacher or teachers. And the fifth is meditating and praying and the sixth is the awakening of the spiritual energy, which we're talking about, the Kundalini or the Rah Kadesh. So that's the six foundations. That, all of those, when you combine them, create a way of life that leads you to the experience of the divine in all of creation. Now, the sevenfold piece, which comes a little bit more from the Essene background, in a book I wrote called The Sevenfold Piece, um, it starts again with the physical plane, that's nutrition and exercise and breathing. And, okay, and then it starts, second is meditation. Third is family, the process of intimacy. So Richard and I, were, uh, we're, we have another program we're doing together, which is Unconditional Love, uh, which we do on uh, Sundays. And I'm not sure exactly what time it is, where you are on the East, you know, coast, but it's Sundays at uh, 9 o'clock Israel time, okay? And that means 2 o'clock in the afternoon East Coast time. House of Unconditional Love. Okay, so what I'm saying is that's a big piece of this whole process of evolution, which we learn the process of intimacy, the the experience a family and how to live in a family, how to look, uh, you know, as a family of humanity, but also your intimate family and couple relationships. It's the whole spectrum of relationship. Then we talk about uh, <clears throat> community. So community is a little bit different, and we're, we're talking about a community issue right now which is the play of light and dark in the larger community. And then we have peace with all cultures. And the Native American we call it which is 
took all my relatives. So we're talking about the rock people, the living planet. We're talking about the plant people, the swimming and flying ones, and the crawling ones, and finally the humans, the talking ones with history. Animals talk too, but they don't have so much history. Okay, so that's another level. And then we talk about, uh, again, I mentioned all cultures, then I talk about peace with the living ecology, or what I would like to use the term spiritual ecology, seeing God in everything, and experience the planet as our own body. So we take care of the planet as if we're taking care of our own body, and the final one is peace with God. Now you live that way, six more days and seven full peace, non-sectarian, you don't have to believe in any religion or anything like that, it opens you up to experience of God in all creation, which is just what we're talking about. It's also a it's a way of life, but initially it's a practice to expand, as Richard mentioned, consciousness of God in all creation. So these are simple things to do. I, I'm not promoting the book, but it is in my book, The Sevenfold Peace. In Six Foundations, I discuss in a lot of my other books. So we're not just talking theory. These are really practical ways to go about doing what we're talking about, how to build that awareness, how to expand that consciousness. Okay. Richard, if you want to add to that. Um, Just that I agree with you, and uh, some of your Native American indigenous training is coming through there, and as you describe nature, I totally agree with, uh, the necessity of living in harmony with the environment, with nature. I've been a serious environmentalist since the early 60s at least, and um, it bears no resemblance to the environmental movement now. Um, you know, right. it, it makes me wonder, wait a minute, what was I promoting at that time? And, you know, we were even looking into climate and its effect, man's effect on climate in the 60s except from the opposite point of view, that worried about causing an ice age, you know, which was about... Well, that, that was a thought at that time, because we have cycles of warming and cooling. At yeah, that time, exactly. we were worried about an ice age. What we I didn't mean, know is... Papers. We, we didn't realize that the UN-connected agencies and the government agencies are using what they call adjusted figures. Yeah. That means fraudulently changed. <laughs> you know, adjusted <laughs> sounds really cool. Um, but once you find out they're adjusted, you think, wait a minute, everything that you're basing what you're telling us on is from adjusted figures. That means you made them up. And and they would say, no, we didn't make them up. We just changed them all. And, and it's by scientists. So, um, you know, right now, what we're getting ready for, as you said, in their opinion, is new lockdowns, new vaccine requirements, new movement requirements. They're already shutting off all the energy supplies in the world and they're going to blame it on climate change and uh, human-caused carbon emissions, things like that. And, you know, the most extreme forms are cutting down trees and burying them because they have carbon in them. I mean, it's just how insane can it possibly be done and people go... Well, look, we had witches being the cause of global cooling in the 13th century, in the 15th century... Yeah, and then how, they just... They, how different is that? They just burned a few too many witches and it got warm, right? Yes. So they didn't do it scientifically. But it, it really is the same thing now. And they want to get rid of the... Uh, at least in America, the witches are um, constitutionalists, Christians, um, anybody who believes countries should have borders, um, anybody who believes there are not 85 genders or more, uh, those are the witches now, and they're trying to get those guys. But but they're getting ready for this insanity-based new lockdowns and new vaccine requirements, and they're going to start a new wave of uh, COVID or a worse, uh, more scary virus. And, and, you know, what they're saying to the public through our criminal media that's taken over all the countries that I know of, pretty especially the Western ones, is that, um, you know, we're, we're teaching you the opposite of what is real. 
and to be as upset about it as possible. You should be so fearful that you'll just do whatever we tell you to, to escape the terrible threats. And that's what they're building up to. So what I, one thing I'd like to see, in addition to waking up the general public, is waking up people within the media, within the power structure, within the government, and have points of conscious expansion forming right within their mechanism. And I think that would be really nice to see. And it is possible. These are human beings in, you know, enforcing horrible things, and they can be re made to remember that by our influence if we do it on ourselves. But the alternative media is doing a pretty good job. We don't need, I mean, it's good that we can get some of the traditional, but the alternative media is really waking up. I want to honor that. Yeah, what what we call the alternative media. And some some people within the criminal media are actually doing one last appearance on live shows and saying they're lying and reading teleprompters. And, of course, they get fired immediately after that and start their own programs. But that is happening more and more. I've seen some great ones, examples of that. So, so when I let off with the witches, it was not just being funny. It is what we're seeing today. All right. And they're trying to create these mythical belief systems that allow them to get you so scared, as Richard say, that you get controlled. And there isn't, at a very basic level, we have to say no. I don't know how that works, but at a very basic level, we have to do everything in our power to say no. And that is, in a way, what, why, in a sense, their first attempt at global genocide has not succeeded. Yeah, they killed a lot of people, but that nowhere near 90%. And so, in the different ways, we have to examine how we can act to say no. It could be like what's happening in Brazil, where millions of people now have been demonstrating what, almost for two weeks. You know, um, I don't know. I've talked to lots of people in Brazil. They don't, they're not as hopeful. Uh, look, you know, I won't get into politics in Brazil, but I'm just saying it's a struggle, and a lot of people are showing up. A lot of people are showing up to make a difference. So maybe that's another thing to say. We, we will play your, your, you know, uh, we will go along with it. We'll just say no. And maybe that's the, the... I think that happens automatically to a great degree as consciousness increases. For example, um, somebody tells you you must take an injection that's going to damage your body. You can't do it. You know, you don't want to lose your job. You don't want to lose your medical license. You don't want to lose whatever they take away, your travel rights and things like that. But they tell you to put poison in your body. It doesn't take a lot of thought. You just can't do it. Well, they're telling you to kill yourself. We are talking about much higher rates of mortality. Yeah. Uh, this is not like an exaggeration. That's why I gave you the data. You know, it's very significant. The, the rates of mortality are much higher, particularly if you go up to three shots. What do you think could happen, Dr. Gabriel, if a lot of people started waking up in the criminal media and started telling the truth from within that? And it would be great. And what would happen is it would help turn things around. Right. I almost and, think and they would save their souls. Somebody should do a series um, or individual shows directed at rescue, uh, rehabilitation for media personalities. You know? Well, it's really the whole, they reflect the whole system. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it's, they have to kind of wake up about, you know, they make a lot of money, they get a lot of things going on. It's pretty, it's pretty hard to break through, but... If you care enough about yourself and your family, our work is to say no. 
in any way we can and educate and inspire as many people to say no as possible. Right. And, and that's as simple as I can make it. And understand it's a spiritual battle. And that's right. really what I'm kind of concluding with here is that this is a spiritual life and death battle. Are you going to take a shot? Are you going to take the chip and turn into a zombie and have your spiritual evolution disrupted and blocked? Right. Or are you going to say no and accept the consequences which are to support your evolution to God, even though the temporal consequences for you know for a little bit of time may not be so pleasant. That's what we're facing. Yeah. Yeah, challenging and, choice. And it's the mark of the beast in a, in a in a way because this next round is going to leave more of a mark, so to speak. And the problem is when you look at the mark of the beast, once you take it, you your soul is blocked from evolution. That's really the teaching. So that's pretty significant. That's what they were talking about in the book of Revelation. So it's like, whoa, these are very big choices. And the reason I'm bringing it up because we need to start thinking about that. And we need to start as a society to say no to these few people who have lots of money and control and power, but they're they're a vast minority compared to all of humanity. Right. And we, and we do need, I think, assistance from, from the reality, from God. So in addition to saying no, you're saying yes, like an invitation. You know, like, uh, nice. come, please, please help me and run my life. Merge with me. Let, let my separate identity be over because uh, it's way more enjoyable and smooth and successful to merge into the power you came from and do it again while you're still here. So may everybody be blessed that we're able to allow our world, our will, to become one with God's will. And that will is filled with love and peace and and the evolution and the upliftment of humanity. And we always walk before God as a blessing to the world. One last word, Dr. Gabriel. Um, You mentioned the House of Unconditional Love as a new program. You know, what we're saying yes to. Is there a place that people will be able to go and find out all about that? That's a good point. So to to sign up for it, you go to treeoflife.mn.co. And we're, it's a weekly program, and we did our first one last Monday, and people had a really good experience. So we invite you all to join and get that support to make the next step. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think it's really important, um, in addition to saying no, that we need help with that because as Dr. Gabriel just explained, this is a challenging choice when you're being threatened with losing rights. You can't really lose legitimately, but they say they take them away anyway for the moment. And you have to be strong enough for that. So we need maximum support. And I think that's what that project you're talking about is all about. Yes. Very good. We want to say yes to God Yes to life in its fullest. Right, exactly. And come back to who we actually are. Okay. So, again, I bless everybody. I welcome and I bless you with love. Until we meet again next week, love and expand your consciousness and the dance of spiritual joy. I turn it back to Richard if you want to say anything. I think just on a closing note that uh, remind you, the listener to the program, that you're incredibly powerful and important. And what you do every minute has a huge impact on the future of life. 
and become aware of that, become open to that, learn what that means and how to tune into it. It's all about uh, the series of videos that we made on the five clues. Take a look at that under Voice of the Wilderness in our YouTube and other channels. Actually, those were allowed on YouTube, which is amazing uh, because we stayed away from forbidden topics and still got the main point across. You're very important, and uh, that's what we're going to be working on in House of Unconditional Love as well as in Planetary Healing Club that meets once a week, too, all about transforming self and transforming your own life as a channel to actually not just talk about impact on the outside world, but to start putting it into practice. Same general theme. And that's once a week, planetaryhealingclub.com. And Lost Arts Radio uh, will continue shortly uh, with resuming the interviews with people in in, uh, positions of interest and authority that we talked to before. I've just been coming back from almost fatal... Uh, directed attack that took me out for a while. Shortly I'll be back enough to do the interviews. And in the meantime, you can join us. We'll be live in person at planetaryhealingclub.com and we'd love to see you there and get your input and support each other in this specific work of consciousness. You know, it's so easy to, to talk about these things and just endlessly talk and say, well, here's my belief. And then, well, really, well, then here's my belief in it. I don't want to say anything, you know, uh, untoward, but my belief's better than your belief, and this is where I got it from, and this is what I think, and that's all great, but what it comes down to, especially at this time in history, is what can you do? Not you as an ego. We've tried that for a long time. What can you do as a conscious channel of healing energy, not just for yourself, which is where it starts, but for the rest of the world, the people that are around you and at any distance. And I've had questions directed at me through emails, Richard at lostartsradio.com, and comments on the videos and other ways like that. That, um, Richard, it's very nice talking, but you have to meet people physically, interact with them in person. And I'm, in person events are great, and they're fantastic. But what I'm trying to work on with you, if you're interested in this, is I'm saying we're so networked. Anybody that's gone deep into meditation has experienced this. We're so networked because we all come from the same place. We're literally one family. You can't love your neighbor as yourself honestly until you realize, whoa, that's who they are. They're me in another form. That's really true. It's not a religion. It's not a belief. It's it's happening. And when you get to that point... You, can, you do affect people now at any distance, but you can focus that and let it flow through you without blocks. And at that point, we can affect world rulers, people in positions of power, members of the general public that are feeling totally lost. You don't have to travel 15,000 miles to another continent to uh, interact with somebody who needs your help. You can do it from where you are now. And the tools are all in your hands. You just need to become aware of them and be willing to do the work of practice. And now is a really important time. I don't know how much time we've got left in this chapter to make a change, but I would suggest that we do it now. And that's what the Planetary Healing Club is about. And it's working in harmony with House of Unconditional Love. So join us if you're ready. And if you want to do it on your own, please do it on your own. Just don't take the status quo as something that's okay to keep following over and over and over again. Time is valuable. And at the end of your life, you look back and say, Whoa, all the way back in 2022, I wish I had known. I would never have underrated the value of my time. So I'm just reminding you, I'm a character in your dream here in the dream world that people call reality. You came from somewhere reconnect consciously become who you are because you're really needed use your time now so that's what we're about that's why we're here and we'll meet you next time have a good week see you soon